This is music titled The Green Knight, evoking the character we meet in the Arthurian romance Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. John Gentile examines the greenness of the Green Knight in his essay Shapeshifter in the Green. And it's not an easy task he set for himself, as we'll see. The Green Knight is a multifaceted figure, he explains, whose complexity we readily see even upon his first entrance into the hall at Camelot. When there heaved in at the hall door, an awesome fellow who in height outstripped all earthly men. From throat to thigh, he was so thick-set and square, his loins and limbs were so long and so great that he was half a giant on earth, I believe. Yet mainly, and most of all, a man he seemed, and the handsomest of horsemen, though huge at that. For though at back and at breast his body was broad, his hips and haunches were elegant and small, and perfectly proportioned were all part of the man. As seen, men gaped at the hue of him, ingrained in garb and mien, a fellow fiercely grim, and all a-glittering green. The Green Knight may have inherited his strength, his terror-inducing power, and his shape-shifting ability from a wizard, but he is all that and still much more. Even from his very first appearance, we see the Green Knight as powerful, fierce, and gigantic, but also as handsome, perfectly proportioned, elegant, and most startling, a glittering green. The Green Knight as Green Man, that startling greenness, encouraged critics to consider that the poet's inspiration for the Green Knight may have been in the folk drama and the mummer's plays of medieval England, particularly in its characters of the Green Man and the Wild Man. Green is a highly ambivalent color. C.G. Jung comments on its ambivalence in Alchemy. It is the alchemical benedicta viriditas, the blessed greenness, signifying on the one hand the leprosy of the metals, verdigree that is, but on the other the secret immanence of the divine spirit of life in all things. Green signifies hope and the future. In alchemy, green also means perfection. Words of John Gentile in his essay, Shapeshifter in the Green. As we said, it's not easy coming to terms with the color green here. It's so rich a concept and leads in so many different directions. And Marcy Reby's imagination has been captured by the magical color green. She's a reader of Arthurian romance and more, and she's found a way to explore green and greenness in fresh ways that will surprise and delight us in her new play, It's Not Easy Being. We, of course, think of Kermit the Frog and It's Not Easy Being Green, but because Marcy leaves off the last word, green, the title opens up into all the big questions of living. It's not easy being... being dot 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 and or being period. Being, as in existing. And as the ad used to say, it's in there. We had a chance to speak by phone with playwright Marcy Reby and her co-director Paul Gallo before the show that opens this Friday for a two-week run presented by Diva Theatre at the Old Brick in Scranton. Diva is known as an incubator for original work, 
So it's not a surprise that It's Not Easy Being has been embraced by the theater. We have uh, our own writers group called Diva Dramatists that meet monthly and write all sorts of things, not just uh, strictly limited to pieces for the stage. But, you know, it's, a, it's an open, collaborative environment. We, uh, as an organization, certainly welcome the local writers to submit their pieces to us because it's not something that is always first and foremost served in the area. So being known as a place to go where you can get your, your stuff to have a shot to be have that vision come to fruition. I mean, Marcy's experiencing it right now, and uh, I'm sure it's, it's very gratifying. So what was the genesis of this project, Marcy? Uh, I don't really know when I first got the idea. I've always been interested in medieval things, fairies, mythology, that sort of thing. And I think for a long time I thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could write a play that had some of that in it? And then during the pandemic, I guess I was sitting around thinking one day and I was scrolling through Instagram and I followed the Dramatists Guild and they were going to do a 30 days to a first draft of a play challenge on Instagram. And I thought, hmm, maybe this is the time. And by the end of the month, I had, I had a draft. It was rough, as Paul can attest to, since he's the one I always give stuff to read to. But here we are. It, it came, came about and it's ready to go almost. And Paul, what did you see in it? Was it a surprise? Did you expect Marcy to be working with this kind of material? Well, I, I knew certainly that, that Marcy had such interests. And, uh, you know, having read other pieces by her before and, and worked on her other projects, I certainly was not surprised at uh, the quality of what I was presented as a rough first draft, as she says. <laughs> but so, so a lot of potential there, especially for the space that we have here at Diva. It's it's a, a lovely piece. It's uh, comedic and touching and full of surprises and, and magic. Can you talk to us about the premise, a premise here, a theme there, something that would give us a taste but not spoil it for us? Well, everything in the one-act portion of the, the play deals with the color green somehow. We have a scene with a green snake. We have the green knight, like from Sir Gawain and, and the green knight. We have the, the green fairy of absence fame. And then each of the one-act has interludes between them to separate them that are famous poems that have to do with something green or songs that deal with that. And Paul, did that get your wheels turning as a director? That seems like there would be some interesting possibilities. Uh, and, and there certainly has been, even just from that first reading of, and the editing process thereafter and right up through auditions going back and forth, there are things that, uh, and Marcy can attest to this, there are things that we're, we're doing on stage that were definitely not intended to begin with. But, you know, hey, what about this idea for this? And I, again, not to spoil things, you know, how to how make these, these scenes seemingly only connected by the color green? How else can we connect them together? to make it a more immersive and enjoyable evening of entertainment for our audiences. That's been a, a lovely adventure, and I, I really hope people are, are pleased and surprised with what they've come to see. Marcy, do you read the genre? Do you read myth stories or people who write about Avalon and places like that? How do you satisfy your interest? Absolutely. The Myths of Avalon by Marion Zimmer Bradley is probably one of my favorite books. We, we mention Yvonne, Yvonne, if you want to say it the French way, in the play. That's another medieval story that I always enjoyed in college. Yeah, I think I've read a, a lot of different medieval works. And, I mean, Excalibur is my favorite movie of all time. And I think that that shows it, like King Arthur, there he is. And Paul, 
we understand that you have a wonderful comedic touch. Is that something that is particularly a delight for you to direct and work on the comic elements of any given piece? Yes, any, any given piece, even no matter how, how serious it is, needs, needs its comedic elements. Trying to find the, the timing. I mean, comedy, that's what makes comedy challenging, is, is finding the timing and trying to guide the actors to where they need to be to, to get that timing. And, and luckily, we have some extremely talented actors on the stage who are able to, to grasp that and, and run with it. And every, every single one of them, without, without question, and Marcy, I'm sure, will agree as well, has brought their own touch to the show and their own creativity and, and brought things to us by allowing them to be creative that neither of us had thought of during the readings or even in the audition process. And that's supremely important, especially with an original piece you know, being premiered for the first time. There's no there's no template, there's no formula to follow for this piece. So we really encourage everybody to put on their, their thinking caps and get those creative juices going and, and bring in their ideas for movement, for pacing, for all, all sorts of things. And it's been such a, such a wonderful surprise and truly great, great process altogether. There's a whole lot of questing that goes on in the world of such myths, King Arthur, the Grail, and all of those things. Is anybody here on a quest? With the, the pieces that I've had that have been performed at Diva, that's probably my favorite part, finding out what happens on the journey when other people get something that I've written and turn it into something even better than it was before. And I guess it would be very exciting for all of you, Paul as a director and the actors, to actually work with the living, breathing playwright who happens to be there and accessible, just to have a question answered or just the delight of looking across the playing space and getting it and say, oh, yeah, I get it. That's terrific, isn't it? Yes. Yes, on, on both counts to that. There have been a number of times I've turned to Marcy and have asked, hey, is, is this what you intended intended with this moment? And she's like, no, it's not, but I love it. So <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been great. It's that collaboration, again, which is really at the heart of what theater should be all about, that healthy collaboration, to bring this particular form, uniquely particular form of art to life. Tell us where we find you and when... Diva Theater is located at 126 West Market Street in Scranton, next to Sterna's Restaurant. The play runs October 8th, 9th, 15th, and 16th at 8 p.m. And the 10th and 17th, we have matinees at 2 p.m. Masks are required for audience members. We are asking everyone to call and make reservations. We do have limited seating, as anyone who has been here before knows. And we want to make sure it is not overcrowded, especially these days. 570-209-7766. And you can just leave a message with your name, the number of tickets you need, and the performance that you'd like to attend. Overall, then? I just think the play is going to lift your spirits. I think you'll come and have a good time and laugh. And even though there are parts that are more serious or a little sad, I think by the end, you're going to feel good. And maybe that's something that people need right now. Playwright Marcy Reby and co-director Paul Gallo speaking about the premiere of her show, It's Not Easy Being. And the show opens this Friday for a two-week run presented by Diva Theatre at the Old Brick in Scranton. Shows October 8th through the 17th. Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 2. 126 West Market Street in Scranton. 
old brick theater adult audiences. And for more information on the web, divatheater.com, D-I-V-A, divatheater.com. It's Not Easy Being by Marcy Brebe, directed together with Paul Gallo, the show opening this Friday and running two weeks at the Old Brick Theater in Scranton, 126 West Market Street, Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 2. For more information, on the web, divatheater.com, and they'd like you to call for reservations, area code 570-209-7766, 209-7766.